0: Happy Thursday and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Rocketeer Minute where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest adventure movie Walt Disney's ever made, the 1991 Joe Johnston-directed feature, The Rocketeer. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of tvdads.com. And I'm
1: Hal Bryan, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And Jim, I am proud to say that uh, that we have dredged ourselves up another guest.
0: I don't call it dredging, I think it's, we've picked we've picked from the heights. Well, absolutely. but
1: yeah. uh, it is uh, it's absolutely my good fortune to uh, not only know this guest, but to call him uh, one of my dearest and closest friends for uh, 17, 18 years. I guess it's coming up on 20 years. Uh, his name is uh, his name is John Bach. And uh, if you think of him as his first, his sort of full name, Jonathan Bach, the older ones out there in the audience might... Might think that resonates somehow, and if you think back to uh, the cover of Time magazine, November of '72, uh, the the cover story was about a book called Jonathan Livingston Seagull, written by by a man named Richard Bach, and uh, and that would be uh, that would be John's dad. So John comes from a uh, a family of uh, of aviation people. It comes from a family of writers. Uh, John is a, uh, in my mind, a gifted, absolutely gifted storyteller and writer in his own right. He and his uh, his brothers have all taken to writing in one form or another. Before I let him say a word, um, I'm going to keep going for just another moment or so and say that uh, I read Jonathan's book, uh, Above the Clouds, when right when it came out in 1993. I think I bought it the day it came out. And uh, read through it and had that weird thought at the end. I thought, well, you know, if I ever met this guy we could be friends. Um, luckily, this was pre-internet, so I didn't actually start stalking. And then about six years later, I'm working at Microsoft and my boss tells me, hey, I just got set up on a blind date with Richard Box." daughter so i'm asking well how did that happen how did that work well it turns out his brother works here and everything else well which brother or her brother excuse me you know which one is that? He said well jonathan Really? So I look up in the Microsoft Address Book and I send a note and say it was something you know innocuous like, "Boy, I know this is creepy, John, but hey, I read your book. You work here, uh, you know. I just want to say thanks for the book, and maybe maybe one day I can stop by and have you sign it." Years later, John is now uh, working at uh, eBay, a place that uh, we've all heard of, and his current uh, job title, which we will force him to explain shortly, is Senior Program Manager for Contact Reduction. So, uh, so John, forgive the long-winded introduction, but there's a there's always a lot I have to say about you. Uh, welcome very much to the show, and thanks so much for for taking some time to uh, join us.
2: Oh, thanks, Al. Uh, I'll try to live up to that uh, that intro by being uh, scintillating and relevant uh, as your standards hold me to be all these years.
1: Right. We uh, we just ask that you do everything perfectly. That's really that's really all all there is. It's it's no big deal. There's no pressure.
2: Yeah, that's that's what Jonathan Siegel was all about, being perfect or else. <laughs> or else. Yes, <laughs> that <laughs> was the underlying message, wasn't it? Was, exactly. It was a subtext. It was it was a yes.
1: yeah. you really had to you had to dig deep for that one. <laughs> dig deep for that. So, one. yeah. So, John, uh you're uh, before we dive in uh, too deep into this minute. Now we got we got some fun stuff to talk about, but uh what does a senior program manager for contact uh, reduction do other than You know, the same things that a junior program manager for contact reduction does, but only better.
2: (laughs) That's right. I'm I'm on the varsity squad on this one. (laughs) Uh, So uh, customers call eBay when they have a problem or a question. And I'm part of a team that looks at what they're calling about, what what pain points, what problems do they have, and coordinate with the feature teams, whether it be the view item team, when you click on a listing and, and read more about it or the customer-to-customer team, or the shipping team, all the teams that make features that you know and love, uh, well, they may have a problem, uh, not only a, a bug, but it could be a design issue or just something that's confusing. And I connect customer support with engineering, which is the sweet spot that I've always wanted to be in, in 22
0: years of software development. <laughs> this is my, my dream job. Well, I, I'm, I'm just guessing that the number one customer support call is somebody outbid me. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Is there a fix for that?
2: <laughs> yeah, we're let's see if we can work on that. You know, right. it's, a, it's a pro and con kind of thing.
1: Well, it's funny, John, you and I, I we were very lucky. or I was certainly consider myself very lucky that you and I had the chance to work together a bit during my uh, uh, my stint at Microsoft. And we had a we had a great time working together and, and we were pretty heavily involved in in. Uh, whether at the time Microsoft called test engineering, that was you know finding issues and finding ways to reproduce them and things like that, um, and then in a, in our way we were fighting on behalf of the of the customer. We we're fighting on behalf of future customers, but uh, you know it, oftentimes it was an uphill battle of saying we found this problem and then we've got to convince engineers and program managers that it's important enough to fix. And and uh, in my experience, and I think see if you would agree with this that somebody internally on a software team like that has a voice at at one level of strength but as soon as it's a real customer coming back to you and saying you know this sucks you need to fix it uh the issue takes on a, a much greater uh, greater weight so it sounds to me like you're in that role right now where you can hear directly from a customer and drive resolutions to bugs that uh, uh that maybe uh, in- internal test engineers um, wouldn't have been able to fight for as strongly.
2: That's correct. There's there's a lot of theory, and and quality isn't much overused word in software development, and but it's all perceptions of quality. It's all theory. It's all basically rhetoric, until you talk with a customer or get customer data. How many people are calling about this? What's it right. costing us to support this particular design flaw or this design confusion or this. This, this flow, this workflow, just how to list an item on the, the laptop web experience versus the mobile experience. Those That's the sweet spot for me um, in, in software testing and quality. It doesn't mean anything unless the business is, is feeling some kind of pain from it. Right. So it's I- fun to be able to, and rewarding, frankly, to uh, to connect those dots, those two big dots of the front end. Uh, the front lines and the back end where all the work gets done.
1: And you must be working, obviously you're working hand in hand with uh, the product support people, the people that truly are on the front lines that are answering the calls and things like that. And that was always something that was really, really missing for us at Microsoft. And I, I know I worked hard for our product teams to bridge that gap between the engineering team And the product support people who would answer the calls. I sort of made myself the self-appointed liaison to those groups. But it was surprising, even in a big software company as polished as Microsoft was even at that time, 15, 20 years ago, that wasn't really a formalized relationship. Mm
0: -hmm. You have
1: the people that are just answering the calls, and they're kind of working in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. Whereas the customer assumes, I have called Microsoft they know everything about this product <laughs> right. inside and out right and you know it couldn't really be much further from the truth
2: that's true uh and and that's my passion is not only having a reputation with actually some ebay customers as john the bug hunter uh, i love <laughs> yes. hearing about problems actually it's a treasure hunt and it's because it's an opportunity for me to help make things better and to, to live up to their expectations that when they call eBay, they're really calling me. And especially at the scale of 169 million active buyers on eBay with wow. $20.9 billion in gross merchandise volume uh, in Q1 in, in the first quarter of 2017. Wait, I'm sorry,
1: that's that's $20.9 20. 20 billion in just a B. one... In just yeah. one quarter
2: it's absolutely amazing yeah and, is, and so it's mind-blowing this is that that's the total value of successfully closed transactions in q1 2017. it's the scale is just immense and um and so we i like to take opportunities to uh you know i, I had a perception of ebay when i started that it was all auction but these days, you know, 87% of our 1.1 billion listings, if you can believe that. 1.1 billion with a B listings. 87% of those are fixed price, not auction.
1: Really? So that 1.1 billion, that's that's live at any given time.
2: That's uh, yeah, we've worked so, our way up to that over the years. We I remember when we true. crossed the 700 million threshold and the 800 million threshold and now we're at 1.1 billion, the approximate number of eBay marketplace live listings. And and yeah, uh, over over three quarters, eighty-seven percent are actually fixed price, so they're not auctions. So it's that, that that's at that scale, when you talk about you know eBay customers, you're talking about everybody on the planet. <laughs>
1: right? Much. Yeah, there's a, a billion listings. That means yeah, I mean there's there's yeah. one for you know that's oh, that's
0: yes. amazing. A bunch of people. That that is a lot of uh, Mr. Magoo jelly glasses. I'm yeah, exactly, <laughs> and a lot of Rocketeer props, of course. Yeah, you yeah, know, it sure. Background.
1: You know, I've been a uh, mm-hmm. I've been a pretty happy, a uh, very happy uh, eBay customer and user since about I want to say it was 97, 96, 97 when I first sort of dabbled in it, and then whatever the I had like a private account, then I had sort of a quote unquote business account that I started that I just. Fairly recently, I think they acknowledged me for 17 or 18 years as a customer. So I feel like I've been around for a while. And the thing that always struck me about it, I don't want to go too far down this road, but eBay to me is is probably the closest thing to a to a pure marketplace, certainly in, in terms of some sort of global scale, I think, that we've ever had in human history. I don't want to sort of overplay mm-hmm. it. I'm not blowing, blowing sunshine at you, but... I remember yeah. I had quite a stint in the antique and collectible toys market. That was my wife and my business for quite a few years, right, yeah. uh, as eBay was just getting started. And watching some people come along and grumble and say, oh, you know, I used to be able to buy these things, on eBay came along and blah, 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 blah. But everything I have seen has shown me that uh, eBay was the great democratizer. Of prices because you can reach the whole planet and both as a buyer and as a seller and it was incredible for me to see some sort of holy some of the holy grails of toy collecting that uh, before eBay if you happen to find one at a toy show or maybe you looked in the toy shop newspaper and saw one classified ad that ran nationwide but nobody ever picked mm. it up there was a, a diecast set from the TV show The Avengers that I always had my eye on that I always loved and they were 1800 bucks in the mid-90s. That's just that's just mm. because the only time you ever saw one, that's what, what somebody was asking for it. eBay comes along. Suddenly we find out, you know, there's a lot more of these things in the world. And you could just sit there yeah. and magically watch the prices sort of shuffle and settle down to something much more much more reasonable and it's done i think it's done that i mean across the board i get pretty myopic on the toys and collectibles area but of course that's a fraction of your business
2: it is in in fact it's funny that you mentioned that because one of the one of the stats i I wanted to tell you Hal, and and we've been like you said we've been friends for years uh and i know that that was your business for a while uh i came up uh i found this stat an action figure is purchased every 13 seconds on ebay (laughs) wow you know and wow. it's, and that <laughs> and I just sold and the, the, uh,
1: oh go ahead. I was looking at the rocketeer stuff yeah. yeah. And I just sold a, a box of some older Marvel action figures out of sort of leftover inventory out of the basements. We're just trying to clean things up a little bit. And number one, I'm just I'm amazed that uh, that this box of things that's been in my basement through three or four different moves from Seattle to Wisconsin is now on its way to Germany. Thanks to some happy yeah. person out there, and uh, it's just it's there's something mind blowing about that. But yeah, uh, it's,
2: it's, it's one of my favorite parts is is my I have a ten year old daughter now, and I can go on eBay and say, "Honey, look at this! I, I grew up with the Lincoln Logs, and and I mean, everybody has Legos these days, <laughs> right. right? But where's the floppy socks? You know, the little uh, little doll made out of a, a sock that I had <laughs> in 1972. It actually was one for sale on eBay." And I can share with her my, my history, my heritage, uh, you can find, um, of course, uh, we'll, we'll segue to the Rocketeer stuff. That was the fun of being asked to be a, a, a part of this podcast, uh, uh, Hal and Jim, is one of the first things I did was head on to eBay because you guys have mentioned eBay a few times in, in the shows. I was doing some homework, and uh, there was a scene, I forget which minute it was, but it's the scene where uh, he's uh, cutting the uh, what daffodils or daylilies with his rapier. Oh, right. And, oh, right, yeah. Uh, it in the back. Yeah, and, and in the background, Jim, you mentioned something like there's a there's a little um, coffee uh, decanter.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah a hodl, and a hodl.
2: A hodl. And I yeah. never heard the word hodl before in my life, H-O-T-T-L-E. I, yeah, I, hadn't, I hadn't either. Uh, so I had, to, I had to take a guess. I went to Google, and I looked up hodl, and, and there it was. And then I went to eBay, and I'm like, sure enough, there's <laughs> a million of them. Right. And I tried to find the exact one. I oh, freeze the goodness. frame on the scene, and it, it's just <laughs> that kind of you know spelunking. Is what makes uh, uh, eBay uh, so interesting because it's all of our heritage and history at any time, any second, even finding how something like, you know, Flight Sim 2004, which we worked on together uh, back in the day, as you mentioned, at Microsoft with my piloting, you know, and and heritage background, uh, aviation background, is finding stuff like that that just goes back time immemorial. So it's so, it's fun mm. to kind of look at these scenes and see what's in the background and see if we can find stuff on eBay.
1: So here's a question for you, John. When's the last time you looked to see uh, if there were copies of your book for sale?
2: I actually, um, somebody found my secret identity here at eBay <laughs> and came up to me and said, are you the Jonathan Bach that's related to Richard Bach? And I said, as a matter of fact, I am. And told the story how I grew up without him, and he left when I was two years old and and you know i have you know six there's six kids in my in my family I have brothers and sisters that no one knows about. And so I finally decided to write a book about it in 1992, and and so uh, yeah, so I said, well, uh, you can go on eBay, and, and if you if you want a copy, um, I'm happy to get one for you, you know, and and so yeah, just the other day, there's a couple out there. It's funny to to find a signed copy of my own book for like 20 <laughs> bucks. And I'm like, hey, it's got legs. As they say it's and then still, you buy it it's still around.
0: That's really, really funny. It's a, a little bit of immortality out there. Right. <laughs> there there was, bit, a, little, mm. a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. And
1: speaking of books and bugs, I'm sorry, Jim, we're just all over the map, but hey, aren't those the best episodes? Oh, yeah, um, no, these are the ones. <laughs> um, the uh, I had done a uh, a book with a couple of guys at work. It's um, the best air venture photography. Just it's a really a, a photo book, so it was very easy to write. You know, only ten thousand words, but hmm. there was a strange issue that was uh, that was tricky to track down. And people were listing it on eBay just by putting in the ISBN, the you know the identification number. People were listing it for sale as marketplace sales, like even before it was actually out. Um, but there were there were booksellers that were getting ready and they were listing it. And for some reason. Uh, my name, Hal Bryan, was uh, was showing up as Haley Bryant, and uh, mm-hmm. and I have no and and it's like I go to the publisher and the publisher says, well, we have it right, you know, it's it's got to be eBay, and so I sort of poke around eBay and no, that doesn't seem right, and then I find that eBay gets their data when you put in an ISBN from a book, it comes from this source, so I went to them and reported the issue, and they just shrugged and said, well, we just get it straight from the publisher, we never touch the data, so I'm stuck in circles, and finally reached out mm-hmm. to you, John, and said, you know, yep. I. I, I it, it's it's my my first book that's got my name on it it'd be cool if it was right and or at least you know the implied proper gender but, uh, right, but right. whatever I don't know you you right. uh, you resolved it but anyway
2: yeah I like I like taking uh issues like that no matter how small because uh, it's an opportunity to tell everybody that you know we do listen to what comes in right. We're at such a scale it's I can't guarantee if things get fixed and when they get fixed but to take a little problem like that and and you know hopefully make someone's day if if I can and say it's a structured data issue let's let's see how far I can I can investigate uh, but it's it's the connection stuff and that's how what you seem to be mystical uh, about <laughs> is these the, you are this coincidence magnet. And I know it's going to come up on the show, this episode. I don't know how, I don't know when, or or exactly what, but I'm sure in the course of this podcast, you will be able to take a look at an image or an object that I'll know and go, oh yeah, I know the guy who knew the guy who made that. You don't know, guarantee it,
1: it. it. It's funny you point that out. You've always been, you've always flattered me by talking about that, and and certainly the connections are a huge, important part of my life. But really, I I get through half of my life just saying, hey, I know John Bach. So that, uh, you know, that one connection fills in a lot of gaps. Jim, I think it's safe to say that that kind of that spirit of sort of the, you know, very serendipitous, lucky connections and things falling into place that has absolutely pervaded this show from from day one. You know, starting with Billy coming out of the woodwork, and
0: it's been terrifying almost. I mean, there's so many. It, it, it I keep. I, I know that we always play the Rocketeer theme at the beginning and the end, but I keep thinking we should switch over to the other Disney song. It's a Small World. Yes, Because it, it, yeah. it, it just constantly there are so many people that we wind up talking with other people and other people. Uh, yeah, I, I can't get over that with with how how often. I mean, and like you said, the number one one was uh, was having Billy Campbell just write us back and saying he wanted to be part of the show, which is just fantastic. Right. Uh, but you know, we've had. <clears throat> And I, th- I think there's a common theme that we're having here is is families and 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 relationships too. I mean we've had we've had Eric Lindbergh, the grandson of uh, Charles Lindbergh. We've had right. uh, Ron Fields on recently, the uh, the grandson of W. C. Fields, and uh, and now we have John here, who has a you know has a family of uh, of aviation and literary heritage. Uh, that he that he's use, you know he he's utilizing in in his in his life.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm lucky. I just I just feel so lucky every day to to work in this industry. I mean, it, it's been software development for the last 22 years, largely because of my brother James, who quit school when he was uh, 16 back in 1982. And he taught me this, even after I graduated with a journalism degree, he taught me in 1995, like how to get started as a tester, because I, I wanted to do more than just work at a book, bookstore, <laughs> which I was doing in Tacoma. <laughs> I was working at Borders Bookstore, managing the section that actually had my book in it, which is kind of funny. <laughs> um, so I recommend, hey, here's a good book I may recommend. Yeah, my yeah. uh, too. in that... And that's how I met Hal, of course, as he said, through software development. And and now I just rode that kind of internet wave. And here I am at eBay kind of marrying the journalism part, the pursuit of truth, the reporting, the contacting sources with coincidence, with writing. So I have kind of the writing, the aviation, and now the software heritage with my brother being an author himself, writing a book about self-education called Secrets of a Buccaneer Scholar. Uh, he's an autodidact, so he's just an incredible independent learner, but he's also one of the most famous software testing consultants on the planet. Uh, not just my opinion, but kind of in our in our industry, such as it is here in the Bay Area too. So I, I just feel lucky. Uh, and hopefully all those those kind of three uh, lineages uh, that I have are you know, I can bring to bear to something fun like this where you guys are going minute by minute through the Rocketeer and, and talking about eBay and talking about aviation and talking about all kinds of things. From your guests uh, that that they bring to the
0: table, it's it's just fascinating to listen to the shows. Oh, well, thank you. Well, uh, now now that we've established where everybody everybody's from, we should probably talk about the minute that we're in. We're looking at uh, Pearl Clifford in the Bulldog Cafe, getting in touch with uh, uh, Mrs. Pie's uh, boarding house, and uh, trying to find out where where Jenny yeah, is.
1: Spanish Johnny making that call and and. Uh... Cliff looks, Cliff looks, nervous, and it's it's so funny the way he he gives that line. It's uh, you know, hello, this is the uh, florist. <laughs> it's just
0: you know, it couldn't be any sure more
1: contrived.
0: Just, like, just, yeah, we don't deliver yeah. pizzas yet, so let's. And get... <laughs> then
1: I I have a lovely bouquet of flowers for uh, Jenny. That part I understand. That pause, but where he's pretending to be the florist, but yeah. he's forgotten briefly. You know what he is
0: this is the uh, funeral director and i gotta you know, i do notice just as as we're going through the the slow scrub of everything the irma who is answering the phone there is talking on the candlestick uh, payphone and it has the same thing that we talked about a, a couple of minutes ago uh oh. with the uh cir- cylindrical lock yeah that secondary lock answer. off to the right yeah you... which seems it, it does seem to be uh, an anachronism yeah for, it does for the 1930s I, it that's could, all,
1: in theory, be the same phone, although I...
0: Well, uh, it doesn't have... I, I looked at it at another minute. You, The Chrome on the base of it, it, oh, it doesn't have a Chrome cash box. Gotcha, okay. That's, that's the difference. So it's, they are two different so, ones, but unless they swiped out the cash boxes...
1: And uh, that, that amazing uh, Nata Despotovich as uh, as Irma, I just... Every time I see her, I just wanted to say, you know, what a block of wood, you know, that. Yeah. Is that great sort of Brooklynese you know yeah, dismissal and, of everything.
0: and she did that one in, in one take she always beats that girl to the phone. Yeah, exactly
1: right And that that whole argument of whose is it you know whether it's is it mine that's showing up at the door yeah. or showing up at the phone?
0: yeah, they're all they're all playing mystery date every night right basically. yeah exactly.
1: as you know as we move through this scene, you know Irma spills the beans to Spanish Johnny that gone to the South Seas club with Mr. Neville Sinclair. Spanish Johnny hangs up. And then, uh, then, of course, he gets that grace line, you know, guess where the dish went? <laughs> Just love it. We, you know, we call her a dish. And then he, he gives the uh, answer with a limey to the South Seas Club. And, uh, you know, the look on Cliff's face is he's wanted by the FBI. Now he's right on the verge of sort of being held captive by the mob. But his biggest concern right now is, you know, what, my girlfriend's out with that guy?
0: Yeah, you can almost hear the uh, the, <laughs> the gears shine right. grinding into each other. I don't understand why Spanish Johnny has a cigarette but he doesn't have a zippo. The other is the other guy's lighting it for him. Yeah,
1: that's what it looks like. The other guy's lighting it for him. Now, Johnny, I know you you dug around and some some lighters and stuff. You sent us one uh, a, a Regions pocket lighter that is well, absolutely right. uh- g-
2: gorgeous. I look for something to key off in this scene to make it relevant to to ebay and of course there's the phones (laughs) that you mentioned and but the lighter really caught me because zippo's been around i did some research it looks like zippo's been around for a while from 1933 and i actually found uh, a page on uh, on ebay that's just it's titled your guide to buying collectible lighters (laughs) and uh, we have these pages that are we call curated pages and it's it was from march of last year and it's all about buying vintage lighters on ebay and that caused me to do some blunking here and it's a yeah it's a it looks like the the lid if you will of the lighter is much much thinner than a Zippo at the time and and so it led me to do an image search around this, this lighter called Regions, as you said, R E G E N S. And coincidence being what it is, Hal, I found one on eBay that has uh, aircraft on it with a propeller on the vertical <laughs> dimension and some three other like kind of Mitsubishi Zero looking planes <laughs> on that side wow. for fifty bucks. Uh, but it was it looks like the era uh, is right around the '30s. It's kind of got that Art Deco kind of look to it. But it was—I was fascinated by that because the—it the, was only for a few seconds. At, at second number forty-one of the minute, uh, do you see him lighting up? He's, yeah, yeah.
1: And maddeningly, nice, you don't quite get a—you don't quite get a great yeah. look at it. But yeah, that. That top that comes off is very long and skinny. And as you sent that that link to that regions one that's for sale, which I'm now in love with, I'm trying to figure out why I shouldn't just buy it. Just, uh, and, and you know. Ironically, yeah, you're also a yeah, high exactly. bidder now. <laughs> Can't talk, guys. Must bid. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Thanks guys. It's been fun. Yeah. Just trying to drum up sales for yeah, eBay, exactly. and that's all I need to do. Your work here is finished. Uh, on no, to the next podcast. On to the next podcast. <laughs> what what also keyed off is you know in, in there's one of those seconds where you can see that the very top half of the lighter and it does have kind of a darker brown kind of two-tone finish and that's why another reason I like this this listing um, uh, to um, with the airplanes on it and uh, by the way it's not it's not secret to tell you the listing number Um, but there's a (laughs) there's a listing number on there but the the keyword search that actually came up with is vintage regions pocket cigarette lighter made in USA patent number whatever it is one eight nine six one four and and I was really struck by that kind of dark brown at the very top and it and it's it's got a thin it's got a thin lid to it. So I'm thinking, wouldn't it be funny if it was if it was that? So after after a little bit more spelunking, on going to Google and different places, I learned that as a matter of fact, the crew gift for Industrial Light and Magic they call it the Flame Crew, the guys who painted the flames apparently on the rocket for the Rocketeer um, in the movie. The crew gift was a lighter. Wow, and I sent cool. a link to you guys that's, uh, that was, uh, it comes from a site called WorthPoint, which is uh, one of eBay's partners, if you will. And they're very, they take eBay data and they, they kind of store it. So you can do like a historical search of uh, when items sold and for how much. And back in July 12th of 2009, uh, an ILM, an Industrial Light and Magic Flame Crew Gift Lighter, was was sold on eBay and for for what I can tell it's the only one of its kind that was sold that matches like all the it's by linking that I did about uh, wow. with this gift.
1: Yeah, and I'm just looking at that link you sent now. Looking at it's got that, that gorgeous Rocketeer logo on it. It's just a very, very stylish, you know, stainless lighter. And uh, John, reading between the lines, it sounds like you're going to be able to go back to find that transaction in July of 2009 and uh-huh. uh, somehow find a, an eBay technicality with which to negate it. Then you're going <laughs> to confiscate the item and give it to me. <laughs> this is this is what I'm sort of inferring from this. Am I am I way off uh-huh. here? <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, I'll have to talk to investor, uh, investor relations and see. Yeah, what, have to call it, yeah,
0: yeah, see what they say. Um, yeah, you might you might find a, a call from Hal on a, on exactly. a contact reduction. Yes, yes exactly. Wait, Put wait, me through I, to John. No, well, oh, it's, oh this Someone sorry, sorry me, guys, right? this
2: was from Haley Bryan. Oh, I guess from I Haley. Really okay. No, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, her I mean. again. <laughs> her She's been Haley, nothing but trouble. Stop calling yes. me? Don't call me at the office. So, uh, so what? What was also fun, guys, is when when uh, when you invited me to be a guest. Um, I of course I went to eBay and I said, okay, what what's if I just type in Rocketeer? You know, what do I find? Right. And I, I found something, and I decided to to ship it to you. Yes. And uh, I don't know if you have it in front of you. I have mine. Yeah, okay, I have mine. So, now is so. So, uh, for our listening audience, what I decided to do is I asked Hal if I could do some quote unquote aerobatics in the podcast. And I'll do a kind of a stunt, <laughs> a stunt. right? i want to do a stunt without a net, uh, without a net. Kind of, uh, I know Cliff didn't do any aerobatics, but uh, but I want to try well, some. He does a couple so of loops I,
1: in the rocket pack once he gets that going. So. oh, that's true. Well, he
2: doesn't yeah. do it with the GD, yeah, right. but yes, I guess he does some aerobatics, his yeah. uh, uh, human aerobatics. So I sent, I found something, and I'd like you to open your packages now, please, okay. if you haven't already. I, okay. I told, I told Jim and Hal not, yeah, to, not open to open these. Yeah,
1: not to open these. I have not touched it. Been, I, I will confess, I did pre slit the tape just before we started recording to make a little bit less noise, but this is the sound of me opening the box live. And
0: this is this is me opening.
2: There we go. And they are identical, by gonna, the way. You I'm each have the same the lid. thing. I'm gonna,
1: so there's a the uh, there's lid. a business card. Oh, with the, the old job nice. title, wow, but still very, very cool. Oh yeah, that was before I took
2: this
0: new <laughs> update. Wow! So, very and then, nice. uh, and then there's there's something wrapped right. in paper, and there's uh, there's words. I see there's some kind of words involved. So, and looking mm, in
1: this must this okay. is exciting audio right now, folks. We we have no <laughs> idea trill- what's ah, uh, yeah. what's happening. Yeah,
0: we're looking at a. I'm looking at a piece of paper, a folded piece of paper, and a in something that's wrapped up in a piece right. of paper. That's where I'm at right now. The, um. So,
1: so just very quickly, it was part of a note from John saying how might be fun to open one of these uh, on the air and see what's inside. Found on eBay for a steal. So uh, feel free to uh, keep a steal, away by to the others. Way is, or resell it
0: is uh, one dollar. Be, be fun to open one and <laughs> see what's inside. One okay, do- I gonna, spent a dollar. You spent a on dollar, this. but
1: yes. uh, well, you spent an entire dollar, but we're worth it.
0: That's a lot. Of, it's a lot of paper. Yeah, it's true.
1: <laughs> And
0: uh, it's well as as all good eBay uh, packaging. If there's feedback, I can put a ten out of ten. Thank you, Jim. Oh my goodness! Okay. Now I want
1: to be clear that in I haven't gotten to mine yet. But in 1938, that if you had spent a dollar back then. Seventeen dollars uh-huh. and thirty six cents in today's money. Oh my goodness! So,
0: Seventeen dollars. Okay. Oh, uh, before fan. before Hal gets to his, I just want to let you know that I, it, it's a, for a dollar. This is quite a quite a buy, and I can strongly recommend eBay. That is it's a really fantastic. good
1: deal. So what we've got here, we've got uh, four packages of Topps uh, Rocketeer movie trading cards. So eight glossy movie cards, glossy one movie. sticker, and
2: and they're MIB, they're absolutely
1: crispy, they're, mint, unopened. Now yeah, in the uh,
2: so, so for for the listening audience, NIB is an acronym for new in box. So right, Jim. Jim is speaking the eBay lingo. Exactly. Good on you, yes. Jim. Yes. NIB. Uh, well, I also there's
0: also, there's also MIB, which right. is mint in box. Oh, or, there's mint in box, and yeah. sometimes MIP I for MIB,
1: MIP for mint in package. Mint, in the action yeah, figure yeah, world, yeah. we use MOC for mint on card quite a bit. But these are oh, yeah. these are gorgeous, so, John. They're unopened. I can't. This is a steal for a dollar. You know, at the time dollar. the film came out, I would have. Pretty avidly collected these, and I presumably built up most of a complete set. But I cannot honestly tell you if I still have them or not. It
2: would be boxed away. Yeah, well, I, um, so here's so here's part two of the stunt, bro. guys. I oh, want you okay. to take one. There's I more. want you to take one pack, okay. and sacrifice uh, it. I want you oh to open. It. We're gonna burn. We're gonna, we're gonna burn, burn one. Burn for, one. Okay. I'm opening it. Okay. Not only were they oh, a dollar. Actually, all eight packs were a dollar. By the way, so don't feel bad that <laughs> so they're not two dollars. Um, <laughs> right. Wow, it's two so bits he spent fifty for, yeah, cents um, on each of us. Wow. F- yes, well, oh, wow. plus shipping. Well, no, oh no, and, and postage, plus yeah, yeah, the yeah.
0: and uh, I, By favorite. the way, I feel blasphemous. Oh, I feel blasphemous. Yeah, I did too. Weird. I got oh, I got this, one myself. Oh, this is painful. And I yeah. Yeah, okay, but
2: I think for for the value of the show, what what I want to do is is have you see
0: if there's a scene f- uh, a minute fifty nine <laughs> coincidentally in the pack. Oh, okay. I wonder if they, you know, and I, I don't know anything about the Rocketeer cards. So, but I wonder if they list what. You <laughs> know, that they would thing, show
1: the scenes, uh, okay. and there's a mixture of behind-the-scenes things. So, Ooh, okay, okay, I've opened mine. Okay. Uh, the very first one I see, the very, oh, very first one, is uh, is minute er, is card number fifty-four. The, oh, the title so. is the title is Bulldog Brawl, and uh, this is action. This is uh, this is the fight. This is the catch-up bottle. This is action that takes place. Maybe three
0: minutes from now, Jim. Oh, I think I think I have you. Well, paint. that's only my one <laughs> one so I, far. Yeah, this is this is the well the the first one that I have is it, it says Etir, which I'm assuming is a piece of the Rocketeer. Poster. Oh, right. And and but underneath it, the first one that's an actual scene. It says pummeling <laughs> Peavy, and it's uh it's Mike grabbing Peavy by the lapels of his uh his uh, sort pseudo oh vest, his his cut off suit. And the text behind it says, "Oh boy, I'm an old man, and these are little <laughs> letters." Let me see. It says, "One of the one of the thugs grabs Peavy and drags him behind the counter in the uh, to the hot grill. Talk or get a face." was that is minute fifty nine. Yeah, oh, that's, that's fifty eight. That's
2: minute fifty eight. Yeah, that's is that, that was
1: minute fifty eight. So that was uh, yesterday's. The, that was yesterday's episode. You're starting simple. to smoke, old timer. Yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah, the
0: gangster so, holds PV by the back of the head and he uh shoves the mechanics, wow, right what is his face slowly inexorably <laughs> towards So the that girl. was
1: yesterday, but you know the the brawl would be 960. Um, that is minute, uh, I think it's, yeah, I think 60. it's, yeah, it's minute 60. So that's tomorrow's, because he, cause, tomorrow's cause episode. In minute,
2: in minute 60, he goes up and he puts on the rocket and he, he goes to the Southeast Club. So but we've, and we've got that,
1: attic. we've got that, uh, you know, we've got, uh, Hey, it's Mr. Ketchup Bottle that's
2: at the right. beginning well, of that. Right. Jeff.
1: And that's, that's before, yeah, yeah. you know, Billy is ready for a yeah. fight. Sorry, Cliff is ready for a fight. Billy is ready to do some acting. <laughs> Hi, Billy, if you're listening, um, he's ready for the fight, but the fight hasn't quite started. So, uh, Jim, you've got a card from yesterday's episode. I've found one from tomorrow's episode, and then uh, wow. and then seven others that are just these are just so cool. These great little vignettes of the scene and then and then some of them there's a post there's a sticker and then the backs of the sticker you would put those together as a rudimentary sort of puzzle and that would make the make the movie poster so my sticker yeah. is of the movie poster and then i've got uh, ready for action so it's Cliff just putting the helmet on and got the rocket on his back. Creeping assassin. So uh, oh, we're uh, we're in the hospital and we're going to fold Wilmer in half. Lothar is there. We've got uh, switcheroo. The, uh, oh, the Kenmore commander from uh, one of our classic oh, vacuum cleaner minute episodes. Uh, the future looks bright. So Cliff and Peavy and Jenny in the diner uh, much later in the in the movie. Nice headshot of Lothar. The brawl I mentioned, which is, the, again, the very first one I pulled out, the bulldog brawl. And then... Uh, so so these
2: are, here's... So, these are beautiful So this pictures. is... What's, what's fascinating to me, guys, is you started this. Yeah. Of course, the Rocketeer movie started the whole thing. Right. But, but you started this minute-by-minute minute thing, and then you made the mistake of looping me in, and then uh, you bring eBay along with it. And then, and I get an idea that's that's like, huh, what if I tried this stunt on the air? And then it becomes like, now it's a it's, it, it, a meme could be born, exactly. you know, from this. And then, yeah. and then that perpetuates yeah. eBay even more. And people are looking now, all of a sudden, for why, why, why is a rocketeer trading cards trending <laughs> yes, on exactly. eBay? Why is that happening? Yeah, you're exactly. gonna have to you have to check the analytics <laughs> yeah. and follow it back. Exactly. To us. <laughs> and uh, which, by the way, um, if you go to eBay.com front slash trending which is a public site, you find out what's trending on eBay, like, right now. And, and for which? example, the, for some reason, the number one thing is the Silver Eagle U.S. Mint uh, details. And I don't know why. It doesn't usually it says why it's trending, mm. but I don't know why. Number two is the Anti-Social Social Club, which is, I guess, some uh, apparel. Wow. And uh, the collection releases soon, and fans search for their signature hoodies. Kendra Scott is number three. She's trending with her jewelry. I don't know why. But you can see that the top 10, it's fun little analytics that that we do and and make public to to draw up interest. But it starts with that. It starts with your passion and your idea to do something around the Rocketeer. And I know, Jim, you've you've done other uh, things around movie minutes and whatnot, and and uh, things like yeah, TV I, dads
0: you know yeah i mean the, the, the fortunate thing for me is that the other movie minute that i that i did recently was airport minute and if you type airport That's in right. ebay it it kind of slows you down <laughs> <on, laughs> finding things but i know there's stuff out there and i i, I have to limit myself on my ebay oh, uh, yeah, uh, exposure no it is a it is a very wonderful and dangerous place yes. but I, I do i i am a frequent uh, flyer Absolutely. in a, on ebay and um, uh, <clears throat> gosh you know, it, it is like and as you said it's it's changed our lives in the way that we uh deal with things that we ha- you know it, it's a it's a great way to to uh, uh collect things and it's a great way to sell things yeah. that you own find other people who share the joy that you had with an item they can go in and yeah. share the joy later on uh, so yeah
1: very much so you know it's it's funny a couple of things came to mind. number one uh, you're talking about sort of selling things you own and mentioned we were in the antique collectible toy business for years and and you know ended up with just when we sort of moved on and and uh did other things we've always still had a passion for collecting and you, Look at my desk at work or my, or anywhere in our house, you'll see that reflected. But, uh, we still have a lot of sort of older inventory left. And, you know, most of sort of the holy grails and things we would have sold uh, on eBay years and years ago or sold at a toy show. So we're kind of at a stage now where we're saying, you know, I've been carrying this box of action figures, like I said earlier, for years. Let's just open it up and, and sell stuff off and, you know, maybe make somebody a good deal on it. I had a strategy right about the time I started doing this, getting serious about sort of starting to clean out that part of the basement. Um, we bought a new car or a new to us car. So I had a strategy. Okay. I want to sell stuff. I sell enough every month just to cover the car payment. We don't need to do this, but I just would like to know that those numbers would match. And so on the one hand, I think, okay, well, whatever, that's fine. You're making a few extra bucks and it's helping you with the car payment. But when I choose to think of it is I'm going to take a bunch of action figures out of the basement and trade them for a car. That's when it gets interesting to me as, as you know, I'm doing something sort of striking here that, you know, if I could Clean out my basement and get a car out of the deal. That's not so bad.
2: Yeah, it's it's like yeah, this is the original Bitcoin. Yeah, right. Is, Ex- I'll trade you some yeah. some heritage for some heritage. Right. I'll trade you a, a piece of myself for a piece of yourself, and exactly or something I don't want with for something I do want. And well, we have attics and garages full of yeah. this stuff. And
1: it's the it, you know it ends up being the uh, sort of the perfect mix of the uh, of you know it's it's still a currency economy on eBay, but you know the transactions can happen so quickly and there's so much so much demand and so much reach that uh, it almost becomes a barter economy again as well It's just mm-hmm. you know i'm going to trade you this for a few bucks and then i'm going to immediately trade those bucks for some other stuff that i'm going to sell again in 20 years and my basement's full again but you know that that part of it's my problem yeah shifting gears just a little bit very quickly uh, a couple of quick things about tops uh trading cards that we've opened here um Hmm. I first, you know, got into the Topps cards uh, with Star Wars trading cards, and many people remember those, and I had probably still have all of those, and like I said, I should still have a lot of my Rocketeer cards somewhere, but uh, the one thing that I noticed immediately about the about the Topps cards for the Rocketeer was that... This was, uh, and I don't know if this was permanent, but uh, or what the criteria was, but they had moved away from uh, from that horrible gum that they would include.
0: Oh, wait, mm. wait! I, I have to stop you there. It wasn't horrible. I, I, <laughs> well, I was, a, I was an aficionado. <laughs> I enjoyed the cardboard-like, uh, yet you know, instantly rehydratable. <laughs> <laughs> rehydratable. Uh, uh, I,
1: I guess I say horrible with with some with some affection. I mean, it was sort of a guilty pleasure, and certainly I tear open the Star Wars cards, throw the gum in my mouth, and then you know, then look at the the cards and the sticker and figure. Out what I had and what I needed and everything else. One, I, I thought this was an interesting bit of trivia. Um, here we are in a movie that's set in 1938, and uh, Tops the company was founded in 1938, so of course they were they were the the go to place for for sports cards. You know, baseball cards being being a huge huge thing. And uh, I don't know that Star Wars was the first. The first non-sports card they did, um, especially.
0: Oh no, I I, I can answer that. I, uh, Planet of the Apes was oh, earlier than that. Oh, of course, that would make sense. Yeah, Planet also, of the Apes. Also, man, man, on the moon. Sixty-eight. I, as as a child of the '60s, my 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 dad, as as I've mentioned in previous episodes, he did. He was a welder. He did Boilermaker. And one of the things that he worked on was the Verrazano Narrows Bridge. Oh which, wow! Uh, it, it connects Staten Island to Brooklyn. Yeah. And before before they had that, all you had was the Staten Island Ferry, or if you wanted to uh, drive down toward where they were building. My dad worked on the Brooklyn side. Uh, sometimes he would take me to the work site just to see what was going on on the weekends. And we drive, we get, we, we go from, we, we go over the, uh, through the Lincoln tunnel and go through Manhattan, go over to, uh, to Brooklyn and then drive down the Gowanus expressway. And as you came around the, this large left-hand turn as it, as it kind of swung around toward, you know, toward like Coney Island out that way. There was a gigantic building. It was a big warehouse building and across it was that same logo, Tops. And I kept thinking every baseball card in the world <laughs> would be in that building. But I just I, I don't even know if it was still being used at the time but it was wow. right, right there in, in lower Brooklyn.
1: Yeah, that's right um, right where they were founded. was was uh, one Whitehall Street
0: at least founded okay, yeah. in
1: Brooklyn, but the, but it looks like headquarters now is one Whitehall Street. I, I don't know my yeah, New York yeah. geography well enough to tell you if that's still in Brooklyn.
0: It's, it's like the Gowanus Parkway out that way. Okay. Um, but it was yeah, anyway. It was along the along the, the, the canal there, and I just I just remember as a little kid, I kept thinking, they must have an outlet store. They must have. A we never went there, but I just kept seeing that as we pass it on the highway on the way to the Verrazano Bridge that's site.
2: That's interesting because the last the last time I was in New York, which was May, um, my nephew lives in Brooklyn, and there's a flea market uh, in the Dumbo. Area okay. Dumbo stands for Down Under Manhattan Brooklyn Overpass. <laughs> I think is what it is. D U M B O, and he goes, "Let's go to the Dumbo Flea Market." And I saw oh, these these tops baseball cards right for sale for like you know two dollars, right? And I'm like, "Oh, such a deal!" I mean, they were from like the 70s where oh, I started wow. you know collecting baseball cards, and since then haven't touched them, but. But uh, so I bought a pack and I did the unthinkable thing and I opened them. Like uh, you, I guess you're never supposed to right. open them, but I was like I want the joy of actually yeah, seeing exactly. what's in one of these things. And uh, and there was uh, there was some really interesting. Uh, there was a Dave Ruggie in there who is the, like one of the, the um, uh, I think he's a batting coach for the Giants here in San Francisco and uh, and and you know nobody's like super famous, but but it was some names I recognized. Um, and so I, it was fun to find the, the Rocketeer cards for you guys, and and yeah, you have another three packs if you never want to open them and you want them for the you know the value. But I thought it'd be fun to burn one and and like open it yeah, right, and and like we did, and then that that's the point is like sharing that the fun of the the discovery, and and to me that's what eBay's always been about, and to now to get to work here, and and then also claim, as being a guest here on the podcast to. As, as you said on more than just more than one podcast that, that Rocketeer is a, is a movie that's like period perfect and to see the items in the background um, and the authenticity and you really feel like it's you were there in 1930 that was 1937 L.A. And uh, that's impressive to me, that the care and the diligence to get things right as we always want from our movies right. is to not just like fake it, but someone to really live that, even even when you see Jenny's number in this scene with the heart on it. And, and I stopped the frame and I looked to see what other you know graffiti was in there. And it seemed like it was legit. There was other like little phone numbers, yeah. HO 1604. Yeah, right? the
1: Hollywood yeah, line. the Hollywood yeah. exchange. The Hollywood and there's uh, there's police and fire phone numbers written there in red.
0: And uh, uh, Queen of Angels, which was yeah, mentioned the, when that, that's where that's where he took uh, Sir Reginald took. Uh, now I've lost his name. The other the other fel- don't don't talk, don't even breathe. Yeah, you know, that. Uh,
1: did you think I was stealing the scene? Yes. Him? Yes. <laughs> so I he, know who yeah, you're talking was, about. That guy.
0: Of- yeah, it'll hit me about five minutes after we finish the show. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, it's
2: all it's all preserved in some way up on up on the site up on yeah, well, up on eBay. Right. It's just fun to just go just to, you know exploring and just see what you come up with and. Uh, and if you, uh, and also like what's in your, what is in your garage and and those things that you just kind of take for granted. And maybe that's somebody's perfect, you know, as we say at eBay, uh, finding your perfect, uh, that, and that's what this podcast, it seems to me, has been about as you guys like really resonating again and again in different contexts, minute by minute of what the, the treasures
0: that are in this, in this film. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the best thing about eBay. eBay is a, is a museum you can take home with you. It's, right, it's, exactly. Yeah. It, it's just, uh, it, you can you can bring back parts of the past. I mean, when I was a, when I was a little kid, I liked uh, my, uh, I had a friend who gave me some of his old Mars Attacks cards, which is another another non-sports. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, tops thing. And, uh, of course, I can't find them right now. But the thing is, if I looked on eBay, I'm sure I could find, find some more Mars Attacks cards. The idea that, it's out there, and if I ever want to, I can I can bring it home with me. And that's yeah. probably one of the better things about eBay. Even if you don't, even if you don't buy, it, you know, it's out there. You can always get it if you really want it. Bring it yeah. home. And when we were,
1: you know, it, certainly well into our adult lives, uh, it used to be if you wanted stuff like this, you would go to flea markets, you would go to shows, you know, maybe you would look in some classified ads and specialty newspapers, like I mentioned. But basically. <sighs> If you went to, you know, in my world, if you went to a toy show and you saw something you wanted and you, you didn't know if you'd ever see it again, you you had to buy it. And, you, you, you know, if you wanted it badly enough, you had to get it because there wasn't another option. That's hard to imagine that world now. You know, but mm-hmm. that was twenty years ago.
0: And having to pay fabulous prices. I mean, one of the greatest right. things about eBay, as you said before, was it's brought the level down to a reasonable. You know, people are bidding on things, but it's not unreasonable bids. You say, oh, that, that makes sense how much this is worth. There's other items available, so that that's kind of leveled the market for average folks like us uh, to get things that we'd like to have. Absolutely, yeah. And anybody, I can- think the word that the Go ahead, I was just gonna Sorry.
1: say and anybody can ask whatever they want and uh, like I said I, I described it as one of the world's purest marketplaces because you know I, i'm selling some action figures right now and I'm selling a, a big bundle of them for you know whatever price and uh, you know i look online and there's uh, some of the you see what some of the individual ones have gone for and thought okay I'm gonna make somebody a really nice deal if they buy all 15 of these or whatever and yet there's there's one person out there who has one of these 18 figures I've got in this box and they're they're listing them for two twice what I'm asking for the whole lot. And it's it's not going to sell, I'm sure, unless somebody really comes along and doesn't do any sort of homework at all. But that's okay. They're going to put it out there. They're going to learn that. And they can say, well, I've got this thing listed. Why isn't it selling? They're going to look and see what other people are selling it for and say, okay, I'm going to search my completed and sold items and say, this is what they actually go for. This is what it's worth because this is what people are actually paying for it.
2: Yeah, and I think to, to add to that, I think the the thing that comes to mind is curation. It's just like a museum curator. You guys, minute by minute, are curating this film in a, in a very special uh, way, as curation curationists do. And, and I guess you just never know what you have in your attic or your, your garage or basement that is, you wouldn't think it needs curation, but somebody wants to curate it. Like uh, uh, Hal, one of the things that I found on eBay uh, was a ticket to the Bigelow Air Circus, right? Yes. <laughs> and uh, somebody had mocked up lovingly. I don't know what. Maybe it's a promo thing. I assume, but it was a ticket to the Bigelow uh, show from the Rocketeer, the air show. And uh, so that was a dollar. And so I picked that up. And I uh, and I I said, "This is something I wanted you to have, right? As yeah. if you and I were in 1937." And uh, hey, I uh, I got a ticket to this crazy show. This is good. This should be it. Should be something we're seeing. And And so it goes from like worthless, right, to something that is actually priceless in in a social way. Right. Uh, And you give it meaning. And that to me is just it's fun to work at a company like this because every day you're just kind of almost assaulted with interesting trivia and objects and memorial um, uh, tidbits from someone's heritage and it just never gets old
1: net that, uh, that ticket is sitting uh, on a display case just to my right uh, right in front of the rocketeer helmet <laughs> Front of uh, a little tiny Billy Campbell action figure, uh, which and uh, and a couple of packs of Beeman's gum. So, uh, so I'm I'm ready. Ah, yes. I'm ready for October <laughs> from, of 38 the right for the air focus. Right? Yep, the right stuff and the Rocketeer Was, actually. Play, oh, beeman's plays when, a, when
2: he puts the he puts a gum puts gum in the the bullet hole. Yep, that yep. Right? That's exactly. uh, that's a good
1: old it's stick key, of stick key, of uh, John, I got to ask you really quickly. You probably should have done this offline. Um, I I used an, a weird mechanism to send you a thank you note for that ticket. Did that ever, did that turn up? i did
2: okay. uh, i was uh i was very impressed so uh, <clears throat> so
1: i sent you a handwritten thank you card and hopefully i you know i took a stab at sort of writing in the vernacular of the day about <laughs> uh right. about right. what a great time i had at the show and thanks for the ticket and and you know i believe that crazy rummy malcolm went up and a flying man had to save him this kind of thing but i say that was hand written and it's only sort of handwritten that was actually i use a service i think it's called bond i'm not trying to advertise for them but uh <laughs> I typed the message myself and then uh, uploaded it to them and then they have a robot with a pen that then sits down and <laughs> wow. hand writes it and I choose the handwriting and everything that I want. and So then it writes it and then they drop it in the mail and sell it. And uh, I, I tried to break the universe right after, I, I, I thought I loved this idea. As I've got terrible penmanship, but I like the idea of something sort of tangible to send people. So I've used it once or twice here or there. When I first signed up, you know, there was a promo thing where you send one, and then we'll give you credits for some more free ones. The first one I did was send a thank you note to the CEO of the company who'd done it, because I'm sitting here (laughs) thinking, I bet nobody ever sends you one, do they? So. Anyway, I got to remember. Got a remember nice one your idea from,
2: from years ago. From years ago, you yeah. were going to write a book that said it was titled "The Thanks They Got." Oh yeah, this is it the was thanks all they about got. Thank yes, yeah. I this still is all the thank the, you notes.
1: Nobody out there steal that because I'm, <laughs> I, I'm still working on it. It is patented and trademarked and copyrighted <laughs> yeah, and everything. Yeah. And how yeah. so, ha- will be call.
0: scanning? Sorry. He has a, he has an, <laughs> an alert
1: set on eBay now yes, to ex- watch for that. Exactly.
2: <laughs> I blew your cover.
1: No, that's fine. But
2: preservation the the preservation of something like that is just. You know, I don't care how much technology will take over our lives, there are always going to be uh, people, I think, like the three of us who want to preserve and curate uh, tiny little things that may be meaningless to many people, but have great, great meaning to other people like Billy Campbell, right? And like, wow, you guys are doing minute by minute. It's uh, that's. I always want to be part of that, that preservation of something special, not only to me, but when you put yourself out there like you guys have, you find other people like you. And this is what my dad talks about in his writings about the, that law of attraction of, of creating that 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 reality that you want to see you just never know what you have and and who you are until you put yourself out there or put that item out there and that's just magic to me you're here
0: yeah well I mean the old phrase about you'll find out what the worth of something is what that thing will bring and in this case we it's brought us a lot of friends've we've, we've had a lot of a, a lot of great stories and a lot of great, uh, things we never knew that that's really the joy of of doing this podcast i i, I can't get over how many how many wonderful people we've met just w- sharing a common interest in a in a movie that was made 20 years ago right. 25 years ago
1: and and what a wonderful springboard it's been you know as we go minute by minute we we just we have so much fun i i never thought i'd have that much fun trying to figure out what kind of vacuum cleaner i was looking at and then to learn not only that it was a modified vacuum cleaner and again, one more pathetic little shout out to the vacuum cleaner museum who never returned our calls because they would have been fun. But uh, anyway, yeah. uh, such a journey this has been so far, it's uh, it's it is weird to to grapple with the fact, uh, uh, as we have said a few times recently, that we are well past the halfway point at this at this stage.
0: But lots more lots more to talk about in the future, though. I, I, sure. I think that, that's good. John, thanks for being a part of all this. It's really been exciting. And this uh this clever uh, surpri- surprise uh, opening of <laughs> of your gifts it was, it was really an unusual part of the show and very welcome. Thank you so much again. Yeah, it was fantastic wow. and and Thanks. it, it worked. Welcome, we
1: bracketed the you. episode. We 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 dove right in on this scene with our first cards. We pulled out. Yeah, <laughs> so I call that a success.
0: Wow. Well. Uh, for folks uh, listening in who'd like to join in our conversation as always you're welcome to find us on many different types of social media we aren't available on ebay yet but we are available on uh, on twitter at rocketeer minute you can also find us uh, on facebook facebook.com slash rocketeer minute you can also find us at the great big website called oddly enough rocketeerminute.com where you can find uh, previous episodes current episodes and uh, that's where all our future episodes are going to land uh, if you would like to listen to us every single day and not have to go hunting around our website to uh, to find new episodes just go to uh, iTunes or to Google Play type in the words Rocketeer Minute click uh, the search button when our name comes up hit subscribe and you will get our show delivered hot and fresh every day Monday through Friday uh, tomorrow we're going to find out a little bit more about what's going to happen with uh, the limey down at uh, the South Seas Club with uh, Lady Luck uh, <laughs> and uh, lots of mayhem will certainly ensue so uh, finishing up the week with us here at the Rocketeer Minute. So until next time, over and out.
2: Go get him, kid.